Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. When it comes to hack education, what's your professional goal for the rest of the year? I think it's to really ensure that crypto businesses, as they build, are building cybersecurity as foundational infrastructure. We can trace all we want, but that's once the funds are stolen. We got to really focus on cyber. Good afternoon and welcome to First Mover on Coindesk. On this show, you get all of your top news headlines, deep dives into specific topics and interviews with industry heavy hitters. Let's get right into it. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into the Ethereum ecosystem. The excitement around the spot Bitcoin ETF approval has put Bitcoin in the spotlight, but it's not all about Bitcoin. We're here with three major Ethereum ecosystem updates that you should be watching in 2024. First, the Dencoon upgrade. Ethereum developers set a target date of March 13th for the long-awaited Dencoon upgrade, officially triggering the countdown to the blockchain's biggest change since April 2023, primarily known for its protodank sharking feature. This upgrade aims to reduce costs for transactions on auxiliary layer 2 networks built on top of Ethereum by providing a dedicated space for data storage. As the system upgrade is right around the corner, Coinbase wrote in a newsletter that, quote, ETH could be poised for a breakout year, and there are reasons to be even more or optimistic about ETH's near-term future, end quote. One of those reasons is the steam around the spot Ether ETF narrative. The SEC postponed spot Ether ETF applications from a series of asset managers in the United States, but financial giants are hopeful that Ether will rise in the coming months as applications are expected to be approved. Standard Chartered Bank said in a January note that they expect ETH prices to track or outperform Bitcoin as we approach May 23rd, the day when the SEC must decide on Vanek's application. Franklin Templeton, BlackRock, Fidelity, ARK and 21 shares, Grayscale, Investphone Galaxy, and Hashdex have all submitted applications for the product in recent months. Ether underperformed Bitcoin in the year of 2023, but analysts are hopeful for a bullish year ahead for the ecosystem. An annual report from ETC Group shows that Ethereum remains a dominant chain for building decentralized applications, NFTs, and tokenized assets. Crypto hacks seem to be a theme of 2024 that's already emerging following a reported $126 million in losses just last month. Joining us now to discuss is Ari Redboard, TRM Labs Head of Legal and Government Affairs. Ari, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. 
thanks for being here. Now, this interview is being recorded before a big event for you. You're going to the House Financial Services Committee to talk about hacks in Web3. The interview is airing after that talk, so maybe there's some updates, but let's talk about what you're going to be chatting about today on The Hill. Sure, absolutely. Um, my written testimony is out there, but it's really, look, um, we understand that there are illicit finance risks within the crypto ecosystems, hacks being one of those. Uh, but because of the public nature of blockchains, right, the ability to track and trace uh, this on, on this immutable public ledger allows law enforcement and investigators to actually follow the funds in ways that we never could in the traditional world to mitigate those risks. So kind of a lot of discussion on, hey, look, these are the risks in the space, but we also have this unique ability to track and trace funds, to build investigations and stop illicit actors uh, like North Korea. Do you think that lawmakers and regulators understand that piece, the, the trackability piece? I, I think so. I think we're sort of starting to uh, have that discussion in a more meaningful way. I'm really looking forward to today's hearing because I think it'll be very much sort of on that topic. It was specifically set up to discuss how we use uh, blockchains in order to track and trace the flow of funds to build investigations, to mitigate risk, to use it for compliance. So hopefully that will be sort of a large part of the conversation today. Um, I think that again, like, you know, it's, it's hard to keep saying this, but we st are still early and education is such an important piece of the puzzle. And we're going to continue to do that. It's interesting you say that, that you think that that is something that's known because often when I hear some of our lawmakers talking about, uh, cryptocurrencies, it's, it's often, uh, under a veil of anonymity and, uh, Often I hear them say that it's not trackable, it's not traceable. Uh, why do you think that narrative persists if if that's known? You know, I, I think the reality is that um, we do see sort of scams and fraud and, and this type of activity in crypto, but we also see it in the traditional financial system. Um, and I again, it just, you know, and maybe I think that because it's me shouting in a into a void all the time <laughs> and I'm just hearing my own voice or something, but I do believe we're making inroads in the conversation. I do believe that policymakers are starting to sort of better understand this narrative. Uh, I will say that I think regulators very much understand it and have for some time. You talk about the U.S. Treasury Department, you know, they may uh, disagree with the balancing, right? There may be too much illicit activity for them, uh, to be sure, I guess, for anybody. Uh, but the reality is, I think we're starting to see that that conversation more and more. Um, you know, I was a prosecutor for a long time in the Department of Justice, and I investigated cases involving networks of shell companies and hawalas and high-value art and real estate. And um, there was no TRM to track and trace those things, right? Those were in the opaque corners of the traditional financial system, at least in crypto today. Uh, on 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 flows that happen on blockchains, we can track and trace those and have much more visibility. Now, I mentioned this in my intro, but we've seen a lot of losses already when it comes to hacks and scams in crypto. Orbit Chain lost $81 million after hackers exploited the platform's cross-chain bridge last month. Uh, we've seen a few more big hacks. I think Coins Paid was at $7.5 million. This is a lot more than we saw in January of 2023. What do you make of these numbers? Do you think that 2024 is ripe for more hacks and scams more than we've seen in the past? Look, I think hacks are a significant problem uh, for, for the crypto ecosystem and really continue to be. I will say that in any conversation of this, we're early in the year. Uh, so sort of looking back a little bit to 2023, hacks were down by about 50% um, in 2023 from, from 2022. 
um, specifically uh, in um, in twenty twenty. Yeah, in 2022, we saw about 3.7 billion in hacks against the crypto ecosystem. In 2023, that number was about 1.8 billion. Again, way, way too much. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we've seen a couple uh, major hacks already in 2024. We're going to continue to see hacks, but I also I still believe that we will see a downward trend from that really all-time high in 2022. It sounds kind of like, you know, when the prices are up, the hacks are up because it's uh, maybe more enticing for criminals out there. And when prices are down, maybe hacks are down. Is there a correlation there? That, that may be true. I mean, we're seeing a correlation there. And I don't know if it's because of the price of Bitcoin and other crypto assets um, or just because uh, other factors. You know, I honestly, I point to factors to include better cybersecurity. I think we've seen better cyber controls at cryptocurrency businesses, financial institutions, um, where uh, that are the targets of these type of exploits. Um, I think we've seen law enforcement get much, much better at incident response uh, using tools like TRM to track and trace the flow of funds. It's becoming noticeably harder for cyber criminals, particularly North Korea, to find those off-ramps today to move funds from crypto into more usable fiat currencies because compliance controls have gotten better at the large exchanges uh, and law enforcement has gotten better adding friction to the money laundering plot process using tools like TRM. I also think the industry has gotten much more focused on this issue, really coming together for, from an information sharing perspective, from an incident response perspective. TRM is involved with a website called Chain Abuse, which is basically a ways for crypto fraud and scams, right? You can report in real time and have other people sort of see those reports, report to law enforcement, et cetera. So I think we're seeing a combination of factors um, the price of Bitcoin likely being one of those, uh, but I think actually a less of a factor than those others I just went through. On the topic of North Korea, I know TRM Labs is out with a new report outlining how much hackers tied to North Korea stole in crypto in 2023. Talk to us about some of the highlights there. Yeah, I know. Uh, really important to kind of understand North Korea and the role it plays in the crypto ecosystem today. You know, I mentioned hacks being a huge problem. Hacks are even greater problem when they involve North Korea. Right. Because North Korea is not, uh, you know, a, a white hat hacker. Right. They are using those funds for weapons proliferation and other types of destabilizing activity. So North Korea, you have the added uh, national security threat there. Uh, we saw about 700 million uh, stolen last year from the crypto ecosystem by North Korea in particular. That is down significantly from 2022 uh, for, for, for in my view, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, better law enforcement response, better cybersecurity controls, and um, and better uh, industry cooperation. But it's still way, way too much. We've seen about 1.5 billion in the last two years, 3 billion from 2017. And that is a very significant haul for a country that has absolutely no uh, econo you know, economy whatsoever. It's a criminal, it, it's a criminal enterprise. Um, I will say it's always important to point out that this is as much a cybersecurity issue or more a cybersecurity issue than a crypto issue per se. Crypto is just the value that's being stolen and laundered. It's the the, the critical importance for every cryptocurrency business uh, from the smallest DeFi protocol to the largest exchange to build cybersecurity as critical infrastructure to stop these attacks from happening in the first place. We've gotten very good at following the money, you know, using tools like TRM, uh, working with law enforcement. But the reality is, we have to stop them from happening in the first place. And that really becomes a cyber issue. 
Ari, quickly before we go, last year you were named the vice chair of the new CFTC Technology Advisory Committee. Talk to me a little bit about what your focus has been there and what your priorities are moving into 2024. Yeah, so so proud of the work of the Technology Advisory Committee and Christy Goldsmith Romero, who's the commissioner from the CFTC that that sponsors it. Uh, Carol House is the chair of of the committee and uh, did an extraordinary uh, work on producing a DeFi report. Uh, really, what I would say is sort of the most comprehensive uh, regulatory discussion of that sort of intersection between decentralized finance and and regulation. Um, really talks about the importance of uh, government agencies um, really sort of capacity building around understanding the technology and working to find ways to uh, potentially regulate it. The, the biggest challenge that we have today, as I see it, is the, the importance of balancing the need for lawful users, right, to have some degree of privacy in an open financial system and at the same time securing it. For, from a consumer protection standpoint, from an illicit finance standpoint. And this report really, really digs in, I think, in a, in a much more in-depth way than we've seen before on, on what that could potentially look like. Gary, thanks so much for joining the show. Hey, my pleasure. Great to join you. That was TRM Labs Head of Legal and Government Affairs, Ari Redboard. It's time now to take a look at the chart of the day. The chart of the day is presented by Crypto.com, the leading crypto platform trusted by over 80 million users worldwide. The largest privacy token by market cap Monero's liquidity as measured by 1% market depth fell to an all-time low of 1.8 million earlier this month after Binance announced it would delist the token in February. The crypto exchange will stop listing the token along with Aragon, Multichain, and Vi as of February 20th. In a blog post, the exchange said the tokens no longer meet the standards that Binance expects. Privacy coins are cryptocurrencies that preserve anonymity by obscuring the flow of money across their networks, making it difficult to determine who sent what to whom. As such, they are not popular with law enforcement and regulators. That's a wrap for First Mover. Thank you so much for watching and thank you to our guest today. As a note, we sometimes edit interviews on this show for length and clarity. If you want to get more news headlines, head on over to Coindesk.com. Thank you again so much for watching. I'm Jensen Assey. This is First Mover. We'll see you next time.